He said, oh, that these lips could use language borrowed from the lips of the well-beloved. Oh, that these eyes could run with tears like those that welled up from the great heart of the loving Savior of sinners. The passion that we need for the lost is really the greatest, the greatest factor I have found. Um, if we were to really investigate um, why it is that only 2% of the body of Christ shares the gospel, I would have to boil it down to this statement, is passion. Is if you have a passion for your Savior, if you have a passion for God, his passion will flow out into you having a passion for souls. If Jesus took you and, and me and all of us into that, that lower region and suffered the full penalty of our sins and, and rose from the dead, if, if there was any one reason he did it, it was so that the world could be saved. And for the world to be saved, there has to be people who will carry the message. And so when you find out that there has to be a passion, I, nobody really told me as, as a, a new believer, I was raised Catholic, I was a religious person, but when I got born again and met, met Jesus and was wrecked by God and, and my life was changed, then that is when um, I began to uh, tell others about him. And I, I really wasn't uh, very schooled or polished in my approach, but man, did I get a whole bunch of people saved. I prayed with lots of people to come to Jesus before I was schooled in how to do it. And it boiled down to I was, uh, I was um, forgiven much and I loved much and I was going to tell people how wonderful and amazing our Jesus was. I came out of darkness into his glorious light. I, I must tell others who still are in darkness about his goodness. And I wonder, you know, those who are complacent or those who are very uh, calm or those who are very uh, uh, nonchalant about sharing the gospel, um, maybe you, you just didn't have the, the difficulty of others. I don't know, but I can tell you this, that I once was lost and I, now I am found. And I'm so grateful, and I, I really honestly, if, if I was to go to him right now and say, what is it that you would have me to do, it would be this that I am speaking of tonight, is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. If, if the Father asked you to do one thing, uh, it would be share my love with them, and that love is Jesus and so we tonight in this place, we're, we're looking again uh, at some of the factors, but uh, I believe the, the greatest resistance, and, and uh, I, I've even talked to people who are very chatty, and they're not afraid to talk to any people. They'll talk to anybody about anything and things they shouldn't talk about. I mean, they just talk. But they've told me, I don't know how you do what you do, Pastor Andy. I'm like, Really? You are the most talkative person I know. You talk, you're not afraid of people. What is it that you're afraid of? And they admit it and say, I'm afraid of rejection. And I'm like, wow. You would never know it by how much they talk to anybody standing up. And so there is that fear of rejection. Uh, this is why uh, sometimes people stay single for a long, long time, if not forever, is the fear of rejection. 
And I've watched uh, people who are, are single, uh, uh, you know, marry somebody, divorce them. Marry somebody, divorce them. Marry somebody, divorce them. They've got it down. You guys are like, what are you talking about, Pastor? And I'm saying they're not afraid of failure. They're not afraid of rejection. They just know, I need me a man. And they get one. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying it's all good or perfect. I'm just saying they are not afraid of being rejected. And they're obviously not afraid of what people think about them. So they have some sort of freedom in that. Now, you can judge and say all kinds of things about that, but I'm telling you that fear is the thing that keeps people from sharing the gospel. Fear of something. And I would have to say that, that fear of rejection is probably way up on the list. Fear of rejection. Now, I've, uh, my, my good friend, uh, Minister Darnell, I, I, I sat there one time watching him just get eaten up by somebody he was sharing the gospel with. I mean, it was hilarious. Hilarious. And he, you know, he's just so full of the love of God. We came from meetings together. They were just in the presence of God, and he had God all over him. I mean, praise the Lord. He's just sharing the gospel with such love. And this young lady, she just tore him up. You old people. I went, ooh, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm over there just cracking up. I was like, oh, and I wasn't helping a bit. I was just enjoying myself watching Minister Darnell share the gospel. Praise the Lord. And so, so he's probably way at the top of the list, you know, as far as people who shares the gospel everywhere he goes. He's just amazing, and he does it so well. But yet we who do that have had many rejections. Listen, I've been posting because they've asked me to post, you know, when somebody gets saved. I've been posting. Well, I didn't post nothing this week. That isn't because I haven't been sharing the gospel. Do you understand? So it's not always victory. <laughs> In fact, uh, today I had some funny how after church this morning, I went to a Mexican restaurant and sat down to eat, which I don't do a whole lot of. Usually I grab it and go eat at home. But I thought, you know what, I'm just going to eat here. So I sat down to eat, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to share the gospel. You know, so, so at, at, at the end when I was done, the, the waitress was there, and I said, I said, <clears throat> said ma'am, she goes, yes. I said, do you know Jesus? She looks at me about, if it, it took her a little while, she goes, the evening server? And that's what happened to me. That just jacked me up. I was like, <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't know whether to say, he works here? <laughs> or, or just say, no, you know, just anyhow. But, but it threw me off so much. And then she walked away. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go home now, you know, because... <laughs> I just think that was just too much for me today, you know. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so, so, <laughs> then earlier, earlier, was it, was that Friday? Yeah, I think it was Friday. Yeah, Friday, uh, Warren and I got out from working out, and there was this gal we hadn't seen in a while. She came out, and they were like, hey, where you been, girl? 
she's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. she starts running around, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's just one of those speaks a million miles an hour, you know. And, and uh, uh, she said she's producing movies, find out she's producing horror movies, you know, and all this different crazy stuff. So anyways, long story short, so then um, we get around to sharing the gospel with her. Hey, do you know Christ? Have you ever been born and going, oh, no, no. I'm cool with everyone. Everybody's okay. Buddha, Lutherans, Methodists, Mormons, uh, you know, you name it. It's all right. I said, how about Satan? Satanists? They kill people. Is that okay? <laughs> She's like, well, uh, 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 you know, because people don't know what to say. You got to take them all the way out to the end of what they're talking about. If everything's okay, there's a lot of crazy people on the planet. Is everything okay? Is my reality going to be okay? Because I want to kill you right now. No, that's not right. That's not nice. Well, you know what? Then that's, that can't be the case. There has to be absolute truth. So, so I'm just telling you that not everything turns out to a victory. I tried so hard. We tried so hard and wanted to pray with her. She said, well, I'll pray with you, but I'm not going to turn. I was thinking, well, I'm not going to pray with you then. It's, it's, you know, I can teach a parrot to say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Holly, you want a cracker? Right? No, we're looking for people's hearts, for them to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, call on his name to be saved. And I have a feeling that she's had some horrible things happen to her in church because she was really calling people hypocrites. So I just want you to know that though, though you know, I may post and pastors say, oh, they're really good at it, Minister Darnell's really good at it, we do have epic fails. We do have people that uh, deny Jesus, people that resist and say no, but that isn't, doesn't matter at all. We are to go and continually preach the gospel to every creature, because there will be that one. There will be those who receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but what I want to come back to is, is we have to have a passion for souls. You have to have a passion to bring people out of darkness into the glorious light. And you are qualified. You are all qualified to do this. He qualified you and called you to do this. If you were on the earth for any one thing, it is for this purpose. Praise the Lord. And we've already uh, shared out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at that a really uh, close here just for a second and then move on. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, we know what verse 17 says. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all these things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So right out of the gate, right out of Jump Street, you get saved and you get called. You get saved from something and to something or for something. And it says, to wit, this is King James, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed. In, in uh, my notes it says, hath uh, put in us. Everybody say, put in us. Everybody say, put in me. So you, this is what has been, when you got in Christ, you have been, um, actually, something was installed inside of you uh, so that you could do this that I'm talking about here tonight. And I realize that there's, there's all kinds of folks in the room that do this, okay? So I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you don't. I'm, I'm just trying to say, hey, you got what it takes. You can do it. 
You've got inside of you, it came with the package, just like healing and, and prosperity and, and salvation. Well, you have been uh, put placed, something has been placed inside of you that you carry around with you so that you can reach those who are in darkness, so you can reach people who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You have what it takes. And, and, and for some of us, uh, some of us need more courage and more passion maybe, but you need to believe God for whatever it takes to break out of being held down in fear from sharing the gospel. And, and uh, when you start doing this, you start getting addicted. Uh, one gentleman that, who's fairly new to us, he's been with us a year now, he, he's just preaching the gospel like a crazy man. He said, I could care less what people think right now, Pastor. And I said, well, praise the Lord, you've been set free, haven't you? He goes, that's right. He got on a plane, shared the gospel, and he's had many rejections. And he's like, you know what, I ain't quitting. I was like, well, good for you. So once you break out from the oppressor, the devil, who's trying to tell you, oh, they don't want to hear this. Nobody wants to hear this. How about you just tell yourself, everybody wants to hear this. Everybody wants to hear this. Some of the most angry, difficult-looking people that I've seen when I share the gospel with them, their whole countenance changes. And I see their whole face light up when I pray with them to receive Christ. And they weren't angry at all. It's just how they walk around. And, and there's some people with some scary faces. I'm not talking about ugly, you know, in the sense of, you know, scars or something. I'm talking about that they are just, they just look so angry and bitter. And they might be. And all the more reason why we should give them the answer. Isn't that right? And, and so, so then it says, uh, uh, so he has uh, committed or put in us the word of reconciliation. Now then we, re reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. So we are representatives. And here's the definition of ambassador. An official envoy, especially a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign government or a sovereign as the resident representative of his own government or sovereign or appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. Well, we are aliens here. We are, this is not our home. So so this is a temporary assignment, but the whole time you're here in this region, you're representing heaven for God. Isn't that right? And, and Jesus, when he was in the earth, he talked more about the kingdom than anything else. You are here to talk about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is within you. And the kingdom of God is something that we must express. And God is looking for you to express it. There are people, listen, when Minister Darnell shares the gospel, he shares it a little differently than I do. I just like watching people share the gospel. I, I like watching uh, Tony Sharon, his Pastor David's uh, brother. I, I, it was, you know, he always credits uh, Minister Darnell and I for him being a witnesser. You know, he's always talks about us helping him to break over any of those barriers. And he's crazier than us. I'm telling you, he's just gotten like, woo, glory to God. And he prays with construction people and all kinds of folks. And I, I just love to watch his style uh, um, and, and, uh, and watch others as well because uh, there are people that God has found you to reach that I won't do. I won't reach them because God has put it in you and you have the keys to their life to get inside and talk to them. Do you understand? And, and, and please don't limit God to a certain culture, a certain race, or a certain age group, or a certain anything, because nobody's safe in my presence. I'm going to talk to everybody. I even talk to people that don't speak my language. It doesn't work very well, I just want you to know. Because you know, there are people that don't speak English, but they act like they do. 
just today, same restaurant, second person. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a good day for witnessing for me. I'm, I, saw, I, saw, I was like, uh, do, you know, do you know Jesus? This was after Jesus one, so I'm like, oh, here we go. She's like, Jesus, Jesus y Cristo, si en el corazón. I'm saying this, this is me. She's like, oh, thank you, gracias. I'm like, ah, I'm going home. I like, I like, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> I really want to learn how to speak Spanish. But anyhow, so, so I'm just telling you that we do this everywhere we go. No one, there's not a, a, a group of people that we won't reach. Of course, we have to learn their language if they don't speak our language and do our best. And I have tried to learn bits and pieces of Spanish over the years to try and help somebody just like that and, and, and try and get that into them to find out if they're saved. And, and uh, I might grab somebody. Listen, I've grabbed people that speak Spanish and English and said, can you help me? They might not even know Jesus. Do you think I care? They're going to help me get this person saved and I'll probably get them both saved, just so you know. And, and so I just get creative. But one thing's for sure is we cannot be afraid. And uh, you are, each of us, not one in this room is exempt from being an ambassador. You were sent here for such a time as this so that you could reach this generation uh, according to the will of God. You have stuff inside of you to give, okay? And uh, so I've also said this already, and, and it bears repeating, is if you're worried about know, knowing the entire Bible and, and whether John ate roots or grasshoppers or, you know, if you think Think you don't know enough, that is just a lie from the pit of hell. You're a child of God. You've been born again. You know how that happened. That's all you need to know is Christ died, was buried, rose again. You know that much. I mean, a simplified version is as many as call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. That's, that's uh, second, uh, or excuse me, that's Romans 10, 9, no, excuse me. Well, 10, 9, and 10 is our original, right? That if you believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you would be saved. That is the most complicated, if you consider that complicated, but the next most easiest is verse 13 that says, for as many as call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So literally, I believe if you just say, just say Jesus, and they go, Jesus you can get somebody saved according to that scripture. I recommend using verse 9 and 10, just so you know. But if you brain lock, can't figure it out, can't remember, just get that name in their mouth. Call on his name right now, brother. Call on his name, sister. Say Jesus. And they're like, Jesus. Oh, oh. you know, he'll touch you. I'm telling you, bam, boom, you know. Glory to God. Say it again. Say it again. Jesus. Glory to God. So I'm just telling you, this is not hard. This is not tough stuff. You know he died on the cross, went to hell, rose from the dead, and sat down at the right hand of God so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. You don't have to graduate from a 10-year doctorate to know how to do this. This is simple stuff. Right out of the gate, right after I got saved, I began to tell people, as little as I knew. And eventually you start building. Listen, because it is important to build your ability to do this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make excuses. The Bible says we are to be able to give an excuse to people why we believe what we believe. You do the research. Find out why you don't believe that you came from the primordial ooze and you came from a monkey. 
I, I love talking about science to people, by the way. They want to bring up the science thing. Okay, let me get the trick. You believe the universe passed gas, and here we all are. <laughs> yes, I do. I think that, that's easier to believe. Really. That, that rain fell on rocks for billions of years. Yeah, they changed it from hundreds of thousands to millions to billions. Why? Because anytime somebody tells a fairy tale, it starts with a long time ago and far, far away. But no, God created man in his own image after his own likeness. All of creation, actually, literally, all of creation screams of the reality of God. And you wake up in the morning and see that sun come up. Oh, you know there is a God in heaven. And you see the rain fall. And you see uh, the, the flowers bud. You see the trees grow. And you see so much take place. I tell you, I was there when Mount St. Helens blew. And I tell you what, that told me was we are small and insignificant beings. And there is a God. I knew it. It screamed of God's, man, his power. A six-mile plume rose up, blue lightning bolts shot down from it, and the sun was darkened, and, and I saw that we are so small and insignificant. It shook my whole reality. I was, I was a, a party crazy person and woke up that morning hungover and, and half stoned and stood there watching that mountain do its thing. Dang. My brother lost his home that day. 200-foot high, mile-wide wall came down the Toodle River and just demolished all the homes where he lived on the Toodle River. It shook me up. Sometimes God will shake folks up to open their eyes. <laughs> I'm going to tell them about Jesus. I'm going to tell everybody I know about him. So, so um, in Luke, it says, in Luke chapter 14, let's look there real quick. Luke chapter 14, verses 16 through 24. It says, Jesus replied, a certain man, this is the New International Version, by the way. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come, come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will, will get a taste of my banquet. In the Amplified, it says, urge and constrain them to yield, come in. The message says, the message says, uh, the master said, then go to the country roads, whoever you find, drag them in. 
in contemporary English says, his master then told them, go out along the back roads and fence rows and make people come in so that my house will be filled. So can you see here what, what that word compel is? It's, it's a very powerful word. And, uh, and uh, I felt that way, uh, warned in it with that, that gal on, on, on Friday. I mean, literally, I mean, when you care about people, you know, and love people, you don't want them to go to hell, you know? And so that's how I felt about her. She's very compassionate, very benevolent, very sacrificing. She does things in the community. She is a giver. I think she's been hurt terribly. And so here I am trying to convince her that Jesus Christ is the only way. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life. He said no man comes to the Father but by him. Now listen, either he was who he said he was or he was a lunatic. Do you believe Jesus was who he said he was? He goes, well, you know, I'm cool with Jesus. Cool with Buddha, cool. You know, she's, she kept going down that road like everybody's cool, you know. Everything is beautiful in its own way. You know, and just imagine that person singing that song in hell while he's burning. They will not go to heaven without Jesus. He is the only way. There is not many ways. There's just one way. You say, well, that's bigotry. No, that's the truth. It's just the truth. And then and you try to use different illustrations I've used. I, in fact, I did use. I said, it's, it's a, a currency that you're saying, a currency that won't work for the payment. There's only one currency. His name is Jesus that will work for the payment of your sins. You have to receive. And then we went around in different ways. And we ended with her not... She'd say, well, I'll pray with you. So she was willing to do whatever to please, you know. But I'm not praying with her. She's already told me. She's just doing it for me. Just doing it to do it. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is witnessing 101. We're in here today. We just share the gospel. You say, what if I made a mistake? What if you don't speak to them and they go to hell? Make the mistakes. It doesn't matter. What is a mistake? You tried to share Jesus and you did it just a little wrong? Come on, you guys. Don't use that as an excuse. There's no excuse to be silent. There's no excuse to be quiet. You say, well, Pastor Andy, I'm not perfect. What? God uses imperfect people to do perfect things. The gospel is perfect. The guy, you know, you all know who the pillow guy is, you know? What is this, Mike uh, Lindell? Yeah, he, he, he was sharing his testimony. He was getting crackhead friends saved when he was still a crackhead. And it kind of freaked him out, but it didn't really move him much. He didn't get saved. But he knew that the gospel was real, and, and somehow those guys were getting saved. So can you do much worse than that? No. No. And... Uh, uh, one of the Wesleys, I don't know if it was John or was the other one's Charles, right? Charles Wesley. I, I couldn't remember which one of those guys that preached the gospel for a, a while uh, wasn't saved. Because you understand being a clergy was an occupation like a plumber, an electrician or something. And so they would go into, I think I'll go into this career field right here. He wasn't even saved. And he saw people get saved. He saw people's lights come on and the grace of God come on. He's like, it made him angry. He's like, well, what in the world? I've never had that experience until finally he had that experience. And he got born again. 
Isn't that amazing? So why would you, in Christ Jesus, right now, where you sit in this room, be afraid to share the gospel? Y'all with me, you guys? Praise the Lord. Ha ha. Compel them to come. I mean, we're just like, look, I'll come by and get you. I'll get you. I'll bring you to church, man. I'll come get you. You want to come to church? We're going to drag them, it says. Drag them. Compel them. That's strong. Praise God. Hallelujah. In uh, Jeremiah, we'll look here real quick. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse, verses 17 and 18. This is the Amplified Bible. It says, But you, Jeremiah, gird up your loins, arise and tell them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed and break down at the sight of their faces, lest I confound you before them and permit you to be overcome. For I behold... I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the successive kings of Judah, against its princes, against its priests, and against the people of the land, giving you divine strength, which no hostile power can overcome. So this is in the Old Testament. This is what God was telling Jeremiah to do. He's promising them that he's more than a conqueror. Does that sound familiar to you guys? And so you are more than a conqueror. You have the victory in Jesus Christ. But literally, what we are suffering in our society right now in our own country, um, you know, the, this is, you know, one nation under God, you know, that we live in, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. How did we get here right now where they're trying to remove that statement because they don't want nothing to do with God is because we, the church, have failed in our job to, to not be afraid of their faces. And now the church has been intimidated, but I believe this day and this hour, the church is awakening. The church is awakening. And we're not going to allow them to tell us what we can and cannot say. Or when we could meet or where we can meet, those kind of things. This was a government overstep, and we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and never, ever did God intend for the world or governments to tell us how we are to live. But it's because we have failed in the area of preaching and proclaiming Christ to this world. And we allowed them to take him out of our schools. Wow! The Bible is so intimidating. That whole Ten Commandment thing. Thou shalt not kill? Whoa, what if they misinterpreted? I guess that was the reasoning. <clears throat> Listen, they are killing. <laughs> and he took it off the courtroom walls. You're like, oh my goodness, where are we going with this? So we have to stand back up as a church and proclaim Christ to every creature, every single human being. To turn this thing around, there has to be a revival in the hearts of people, a passion for the lost, a passion for souls. This is not just a we are the church and some cold, bony finger of judgment. This is us sharing the love of Christ with them, saying this is the best deal you could ever get. Walmart can't touch this, baby. No sale. No 50% off. This is the best deal right here. Jesus is giving you his life for your dead life. Take the deal. <laughs> Take the deal. So we share the gospel. 
and we are not afraid of their faces. He said to him, <clears throat> he said, don't be dismayed and break down at the sight of their faces, lest I confound you before them and permit you to be overcome. And that's what exactly is what I'm talking about. That we are afraid. Well, what if they don't want us to? And that means <laughs> the disciples, they said, you know, you cannot speak in this name anymore. <laughs> and they, they said, so who do we please? You or God? And then, and then they let Peter out of jail, and the angel says to him, go stand in the temple and speak all the words of this life. That angel is telling him to defy the government. Who said, well, you know, my job, you know, my job, and this. Listen, I understand that you have a job, and they may not want you to preach the gospel while you're working, but what about your free time? You're on lunch. Now that's when you can be free to do it. You know what I'm saying? Don't waste your company's dollars by doing that if that's not what they want you to do. I mean, it doesn't make sense, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you can share the gospel with people you have who are friends at your job, acquaintances at your job, enemies at your job, people that are, are really ridiculous at your job. Share Jesus with them. Do it on, on, uh, after work. Do it at lunch. Do it at, at before work. But that's your, that's your mission field right there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Verses 12 through 19. This is the New Living Translation. It says, But before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into synagogues and prisons, and you will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity. Oh, my goodness, he's calling all that an opportunity. Persecution, opportunity. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you, for I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you, even those closest to you. Oh, no. Your parents? Wow. Brothers? Oof. Relatives and friends will betray you. They will even kill some of you. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will win your souls. You're saving yourself. Listen, you're saving yourself by preaching the gospel to your neighbors. This came to me years ago that if I don't share the gospel with my neighborhood I lived in, eventually they will come into my house. They'll come to me, <laughs> but not for the right reasons. So I need to come out of my house and reach them with the gospel, with the love of Christ, change their hearts and their lives. That will keep them in their house and not in mine. And that's not my only reason. I'm just telling you that Satan's crazy and he takes people who are dead spiritually and destroys their lives and then they do crazy things. You live in their neighborhoods. Take the gospel to them. Go into the world. And that's your neighborhoods. That's your workplaces. That's your schools. That's wherever you are. That's where we take the gospel. Praise the Lord. And, and God will use you in a mighty way. So we don't have to be afraid of what we'll say. This, this is talking about actually being in a courtroom or, or something, you know, that you're having to give it a defense for lies they've spoken of you. But listen, don't worry what you'll say at any given time. 
at any given time. I've been in circumstances and situations I've shared before that, that I didn't really know things, but the Holy Spirit will work through you. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom will operate. This is the avenue where God uses the gifts of the Holy Ghost, you guys, is out there on the streets. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I pray with somebody, and I realize there's something else going on, and then they, they open up, and, and I realize, man, wow. And they say, hey, I committed adultery. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. Well, I tell you what, here, let me pray with you. Receive Christ. Now they're saved. Now I tell them, you have to tell your husband. They're like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, well, eventually you will, or else you'll live in this torment. Long story short, she tells her husband, God has restored their marriage. It was not easy, as you can imagine, but long story short, this is us going out into the world and helping our community with the gospel. The gospel covers all kinds of stuff. Do you understand? We get them saved, and it starts cleaning them up. And people will say stuff like, you know, hey, Pastor Andy, I'm not all, you know, I've been, I, I just feel like I need to change some things before I get saved, before I come to Christ. I say, well, that's like trying to clean up before you get in the bathtub. I said, we don't spit bath. We just go, we get in there, right? Isn't that what you do, you guys? Everybody takes a bath. Anybody, I know some of us don't bathe like that, but, but you do. You just get all up in there, dirt and everything, right? Once you get in the bathtub, now we can start working some of that junk off, right? Woo, praise the Lord. And so it is. That's what we tell. Hey, look, he wants you just like you are. He'll accept you just like you are. All your mess, drugs, alcohol, uh, you know, fornication, adultery, whatever they got going on. Some of us were a hot mess. How many of y'all were a hot mess? Okay, three of you. All the rest were church people, I guess. I don't know. No, half the room raised their hand. We was a hot mess. Thankful. Jesus accepted me. I felt like I came in smoking, like, whoo, shoo. I was on fire, came in there. Glory to God. I just made it. <laughs> Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I was headed for hell in a handbasket, I'm telling you. So I was grateful that he, he set me free and, and changed me. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. There's, there's so much more I could say. But what I've seen, though, this is the thing that stops people from sharing the gospel, is that we are afraid of their faces. And, uh, um, and you may say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not a real outgoing person. And, uh, but I can tell you, even the outgoing people have had a problem with this. Not just introverts, extroverts have also had a problem with sharing the gospel. And it's a fear of rejection, a fear of their faces is what it comes up to. And uh, um, I actually, when I have that problem and I see somebody and they're intimidating, guess what I do? I flip that around and I make them my next target. I was like, oh yeah, I'm not going to be intimidated by the devil, nor their devilish face. And I've watched people um, that look so angry and hurt. And I'm thinking, man, they really do need the Lord, it seems. So, And uh, get in their way. I'll, I'll try and get in their way because they, they purposefully try not to get eye contact with nobody. And, and they're walking around like that all the time. I'll stand right in their way and they'll bump right into me. I say, well, hey, what's going on, bro? And they're like, this one Asian guy years ago. I said, hey. And he goes, hey, I said, what's your name? He goes, my name is Rick. I said, that's great, Rick. I said, do you know Jesus? And then he put his head down. He's a backslidden Baptist boy. Ended up praying with him, and, and uh, God began to work in him. But I'm just saying, their faces, mm-mm, I'm not going to stop. I had gotten all the way out to my truck one time from the gym. I said, I ain't talking to that guy. He don't want this. This is me reasoning. 
just like you. Reasoning, they don't want it. People don't want it. Look at his face. He's, he just, look, he don't want nobody to talk to him either, you know. Got all the way out to my truck. It was parked way in the back of the place, too. I walked all the way out. Got to my truck. I'm like, ah! Went back to the gym. Because God was dealing with me to talk to him. Yeah, you're not the only one who resists God. Yeah. So, so I, I, I got in there, and it was so pathetic. I'm like, I believe God wanted me to invite you to church. He goes, really? Where is it? I'm like, It was so lame what I did, you know. It was no passion, just God told me to invite you to church. And he said, where is it? I'm like, you, you, you want to come? <laughs> but this is the enemy, how he works. He tries to deceive us. When God tells you something, just do it. You'll save yourself a lot of steps. <laughs> gospel with people. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and, and get in that vein where that's how you think all the time. Praise the Lord.